of all, I got to apologize to each and every one of you. I'm not dressed appropriately, but don't let this fool you. An old hippie at heart. I'm a very much a product of the 60s and 70s. Yep, the tie-dye shirt, uh, bell-bottom painted pants, uh, choker beads, long hair and the bandana. But, uh, well, this is the next best thing I could do here. But, God, uh, it's so great to see you all here uh, in light of the weather. Vikings game, um, you know, we'll <laughs> want to leave in the world and the Vikings game. It's definitely one of them. But it's great we can uh, praise uh, Jesus Christ. I'm kid in town. My wife Miriam is uh, with us. We've been in the uh, general area for almost exactly seven months. That was our moving day. But uh, we are originally from Starbuck, Minnesota. Now, what's Starbuck famous for? It's actually, we have the world record for the largest lefsa. Starbuck is not the coffee. We get asked that all the time, so I'll let you know here. Starbuck uh, was named after Boston uh, back in the 1880s. One was Star and the other was Buck. There's a memorial plaque honoring Star and Buck. They put the names together, Starbuck. But um, we'll take the credit for the coffee even though we don't produce it there. But it's great to uh, be part of this area. We have a lot to be thankful for. If you have your script, we invite you to uh, turn to Matthew chapter 15, 32 to 38. Oh, forgot to mention that uh, Miriam and I, we are serving the Grace Free Lutheran Church, if you knew Pastor Wayne Germstead. Pretty tough back to follow. But he had retired January 1st, and I feel, uh, came in and, uh, filled in the, the pulpit uh, since April 17th, but enough of that. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 15. We're going to turn to verses 32 through 38. Why don't you rise, stretch a little bit here, and we're going to take a look at Jesus feeding the 4,000. Okay, like this? Okay, can you hear me better now? Okay, praise God. Okay, tonight's message is called Thorough, Thoughtful Thankfulness. We read here where Jesus fed the 4,000 plus in our Lord's name. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up to a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and lay them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. Jesus told the crowd to be seated on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, to the, he gave them to the disciples, and they, in turn, to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. 
Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 besides women and children. Let's turn to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day of grace that you have blessed us with. For this is the day that you've made known to us, and may our hearts rejoice and be glad therein. Lord, as we think of Thanksgiving time, may it not just be on that Thanksgiving Thursday or the month of November, but may we have thankful and grateful hearts each and every day, all year round. Lord, as we look at this message, may the words from my mouth, the meditations from all of our hearts, be pleasing. May they be acceptable unto your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. You are our fortress, our tower of strength. You are our all in all. Father, may we always have an attitude of gratitude, a thorough, thoughtful thankfulness. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated here. Ingratitude, entitlement, there is nothing quite like it. It can happen to any one of us where we slip into the old nature and we get that kind of chip on the shoulder and we feel entitled to whatever. God's Word says otherwise. I share an example about five years ago, heading up to the uh, cabin on Lake Sullivan, I stopped at a particular town. And I stopped at a particular fast food place, not to mention names, but here the deal was, if you went to this particular fast food place, and they got good food there, if you had a cup like this, you were entitled to free coffee. Now, this cup, I got a couple others like it, I purchased uh, back in the mid-1990s. It was like $5, and the promise was that they said, you, for as long as you live, you can have all the free coffee you like. How many of you here talk about Starbucks coffee or whatever brand? How many of you like coffee? How many of you out there like coffee, but you just don't want to admit it? Okay, I know there's a few of you out there. Well, anyway, for a number of years, that would work. But then, about five years ago, in this particular town, I stopped in at this McDonald's. I even knew the owner, acquainted with him. So I put my coffee cup down, and uh, sort of like the Pharaoh who knew not Joseph syndrome, she was new, apparently. She looked at my coffee cup and said, do you want coffee? And I almost was going to smart off and say, duh. Yeah. So I gave her my cup, and then she poured coffee in and said, that's $1. I said, what? Seriously? No, it's free. And she looked at me horrified. No, it's not. Nothing free around here. And so I thought, oh boy, maybe she's new. So the first card I played was, uh, I was promised I'd get free coffee. So I told her that. And she said to the effect, well, that was back in the 90s. Welcome to the 2000s. Great. Let's go back to the 70s. <clears throat> So then I thought I would play the I know the owner card, and I said, I know Brian, the owner. He always honored that, and I, he always will. And, whoa, then she said, I don't care. Whoa. And so I was holding people up uh, in the line, and I said, hey, I'm entitled to free coffee. I want it, you know, and just give me the coffee. I'll shut up and leave. She wouldn't do it. And so I said, I want it. No, you're not going to get it. Well, we compromised. And she said, 50 cents for you then. <sighs> Fine. Because I, you know, I don't want to be stumbling block to anyone. So she put coffee in begrudgingly. 
I walked out with it. And I was fuming. And I started having a little talk with God, and I started being a little self-righteous, pharisaical, saying, Lord, yeah, how can people like that, you know, even work at a place like this and treat customers that way? You know, Lord, you know, I was promised free coffee. And so I kind of pouted before God. Well, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, was that worth it just to fight over 50 cents? I said, yeah, Lord, it was. I was mad. Okay, God has mysterious ways of teaching a lesson. I stopped at the next town because we were short of groceries. And this is what happened. The Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways. People were walking into this particular grocery store, a name brand, very famous, walking by a 50-cent piece was right there. People were walking by, didn't even notice it, because, you know, if you see a penny, you're going to probably pick it up, let alone a 50-cent piece. And so the thought was, pick it up and take it. Picked it up like this. Yeah, not only was it a JFK 50-cent piece, but it was silver-clad, rare. And it was like, the voice of God was saying, okay, Todd, are you satisfied now? Can you forgive her? <sighs> forgive me, Lord. It was a real-life lesson about gratitude. It wasn't worth all that fuss. But isn't that human nature? So I've learned and grown through that. Maybe you have a similar story too where you felt entitled. But can't we be thankful that God has blessed us with many good things? Can't we overlook a thing like a cup of coffee? I know for you uh, Norwegian coffee drinkers, that's a tough one. But it can be done. God's Word has something to say about thanksgiving. So as we look at our text here, first we have, oh, we have three things. We have, first of all, gifts provided. And with that is the necessity. Here are the crowds. They were tired. They were hungry. And if you're ever hungry, I'm sure you get irritable. We got uh, two cool cats in the house. One is Dexter and the other is Lily. When they get hungry, they start fighting each other. It's just a weird thing. It's almost like a WWE pro wrestling match. But at times we may feel the same way. We get irritable. Uh, but that's no reason to have an attitude of ingratitude. By nature, we do feel entitled to everything, anything, anytime, any place, anywhere, anyhow. Do you remember in the scripture where the ten lepers were healed, but only one came back to thank the Lord? As we look at, if you got your Bibles, to Luke chapter 17, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of it, uh, of it here starting with verse 11, some highlights. Now on his way to Jerusalem, ten men who had leprosy met Jesus. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. Only one of them came back, praising God. Jesus asked, Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, Rise and go your faith has made you well. Sometimes we have that attitude. Uh, we take things for granted and we expect it. But friends, that can change. That can change even overnight in Christ. In this text, Christ Jesus' power and goodness was demonstrated as he met the needs of the masses. Jesus meets your needs. As we walk closer with Christ, he can turn our gripes into gratitudes. We have the necessity, and then there was the number. 
The only food readily available were seven loaves and two small fish. Yeah, about the size of a sardine. Yet a miracle was about to take place. The crowd was about to be fed. That was no small task for 4,000 plus people. Take note that Jesus gave thanks. It's important that we are thankful for what God has given to us. And all good gifts come from heaven above. I know at times we uh, may feel in a hurry or maybe we feel ashamed. Oh, I remember uh, back in high school being in the cafeteria. You know, you had the jocks here and that's kind of... I was friends with everybody pretty much, but I, you know, had the... Uh, I was part of the varsity club, so I'd hang around with like the wrestlers and football players. And then uh, there was all kinds of groups that were uh, divided into cliques. But I was hanging around with the football players and wrestlers. And I was a young Christian at the time, committed. And I wanted to give thanks to God for the food. Well, you know, here all these players are kind of looking at me and all that. And so what do I do? I had the napkin here. Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. I thought, ah. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God said, you just denied me. Oh. And so, whoa. I had to do some repentance for that. And not only are we to give thanks, but not be ashamed of the gospel. Jesus gave thanks. He set that priority as he multiplied the fish. He gave thanks to God. Jesus has provided for you and for me. So with the number came the needs. As Jesus had compassion toward the crowds back then, He has compassion for you and me now. No doubt, by and large, the crowds were thankful. And as Christ Jesus satisfied the physical needs of the people then and now, more importantly, He satisfies your soul and mine. We'll get to that uh, specifically in a moment. So we have the gifts provided, but secondly, we have God, our provider. We have the nurturing. God, in many cases, uses you and me to help provide the needs for others. This is helping or nurturing our neighbor. Jesus even said, as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Out of gratitude for what God has done for us. He's given us life, health, strength, daily food. We can help our neighbors in their time of need. With the nurturing of that, we have the never-ending. Jesus provided for your greatest need and mine, eternal life. Besides physical bread, Jesus has given us the bread of life, the living bread His word. For Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, Jesus knows your needs. He knows our needs. And he knows our greatest need. Eternal life with him in heaven. And Jesus provided that at no easy task. Not even... We can't even comprehend what Christ went through. Jesus provided for our greatest need at the cross and at the empty tomb, where Jesus, at the cross, shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We recognize our sins, and we look at sin, and we need to agree with God 
that our sin is wretched in his nostrils. I made mention this morning uh, in the message at uh, Grace Free that I was in a hurry. Uh, we had to pack our bags. I was doing short-term mission work on Taiwan Island and getting ready for uh, Concordia College wrestling. Uh, I kept up exercises, running the streets of Taipei and sweat all over. Blech, you know, just I get the willies thinking about that. And I didn't have enough room in the suitcase and I didn't want to pack that stinky clothes in the suitcase. So I thought, well, I'll just send it by sea mail home. It takes three months, but I'll let the sailors worry about my dirty, rotten clothes. So I packed it in a box and sealed it. And I put, you know, Phyllis Clemmy, that's my mom, and, you know, Todd Clemmy, Jungshan Beilu, Yiduan Sisali, Ahau, Taipei, Taiwan, and sent it C-mail. It was getting close to uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas when mom received the package, and she thought, what a surprise. And that it was, boom, like a bomb exploded in her face. She was not very happy about that. She let me know. I bought her a nice Christmas gift to attempt to make up for it. But that was like sin. If sin isn't dealt with, it festers and it gets worse until bam. Ah, but the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us. We recognize our sin. We recognize we have offended God. We repent and turn away from sins and ask Jesus to forgive us our sins and to come into our lives, into our hearts as Lord and Savior. Those sins are removed. In fact, you know, those clothes were so moldy and bad and green and all kinds of crispy critters in there. Mom had to throw most of them away. She might have salvaged a couple of things, but it was that bad. When Jesus cleanses us, there's none of us so bad that he can't cleanse us from sin. No matter who you are, what you've done, or what you didn't do, we turn our lives over to Jesus Christ. He cleanses us, and he remembers sin no more. That is our greatest need. And he takes us on an incredible journey, friends. He walks with us through thick and thin until the day we go and have our eternal home with Him in heaven. That's something we can be eternally thankful for. Friends, there is no greater gift. If you're not certain about your salvation or you feel that you've uh, backslidden so much that God can't forgive you, don't let the devil uh, uh, throw that lie into you. There's that T-shirt. I really like it. It says, if the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. That'll shut him up pretty quick. <laughs> you bet. There is no sin so, like Corey Ten Boom of the Hiding Place said, there is no pit so deep that he isn't deeper still. And there's uh, some of us pastors around, grab a friend. If you're lacking salvation or maybe you've committed some sins that you need to confess or bring before God, uh, there's, I look around, there's several of us pastors here and others. We're here for you. We want to encourage each other. And as iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. You need to be assured that you have everlasting life. For these things I have written, uh, the Bible says that you may know that you have eternal life. No greater gift. You can't even come close. As we look at this, we come to realize, yes, all good gifts come from heaven above. God satisfies. And we have more to be thankful than what we can comprehend. And that's all because of Christ's great act of love at the cross and the empty tomb. So may you all have a blessed, thorough, thoughtful Thanksgiving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, are, we ask your forgiveness when we, one, either take things for granted 
and have a, a heart of uh, apathy. That can happen. Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us when we are either presumptuous or we feel we're entitled to something. Lord, we thank you that we can even turn those sins over to you and the blood on the cross of Jesus Christ cleanses us from that. So gracious Heavenly Father, as we gather together at the Thanksgiving table this Thursday, may we truly be thankful for what we have and not take for granted the blessings you have given to us, life, health, strength, daily food, that we have a place to go and we have a place in your heart. So, Father, we uh, bring ourselves to you tonight. If there's anyone here who's lacking assurance of salvation, we pray that that person would be rest assured that if the sins are repented and they trust in Christ and receive him, that everlasting life is theirs as a free gift. And there is no greater gift than that. And for that, O oh gracious God, we are literally eternally thankful. In Jesus' name. Amen.